Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warren and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. This is almost beyond words, but we're going to try to put it into words. We have an incredibly special guest today. It is the one, the only... Wait, Eric, do you want to set him up with let's the stats set it up. first? Let's set it up. And then we'll reveal the name? For sure. Though the stats will reveal. And let's be honest, anybody listening knows who we're talking to. It's true. Okay. But so. let's just go through this. We are talking to a three-time All-American at Indiana University. The all-time leading scorer in the Big Ten Conference. Let me say that again. The all-time leading scorer in the Big Ten Conference. Ever. The National Player of the Year, both Naismith and Wooden. And like 10 others. Big 10 Player of the Year. Led his team to a Final Four in 1992, an Elite Eight appearance in 1993, a career record of 105-27 and 27 at Indiana, averaged 19.8 points per game for his career. Drafted sixth by the Washington Bullets in the NBA. A 13-year NBA career. We are talking to none other than Hoosier legend, Calbert Cheney. Welcome, Calbert. It is Thanks a pleasure and an honor. I wasn't expecting that type of intro, but uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on. I mean, yeah. you won a couple gold medals with the national teams. You were an Indiana All-Star in high school. You're a movie star. You're in Blue Chips. You're a music video uh, uh, star. <laughs> now, come on now. <laughs> so, so Calbert, let's start off uh, with what you are up to right now. Can you tell everybody uh, where you are and what you are doing these days? Yes, I am. I am a system coach for the Erie Bayhawks. They are in the, in the G League. Uh, they are the uh, affiliate of the Atlanta Hawks. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. And how's it going being an assistant at the uh, professional level? It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. We uh, lost a tough one yesterday uh, to the uh, Wisconsin herd, but uh, we've been playing pretty well. We, I think we won five straight up to that point. Uh, so we're playing pretty well. Uh, hopefully we can keep it going and, and continue on, uh, finish the year strong. We finish in March, and hopefully we can make a playoff. We can uh, win our division. We can make a playoff push. I, I did look at the box score from your game yesterday, and I believe I saw that you have on your team Terrence Jones, who scored 41 yesterday. Is that right? 
Yes, he did. He was, he was pretty good last night. <laughs> yeah, here's the problem. <laughs> He's pretty good. Here's the problem. He's a Kentucky guy. Mm. We don't like yeah, that. We yeah, don't like yeah. that. Not okay. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and and I've discussed that with him as well. But at the same time, we tolerate each other. So uh, <laughs> it's 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 a. Uh, it's, it's, it's still a pretty good relationship, though, even though he uh, he went to the uh, to the rival. That's right. Now, let me ask you a little bit about the G League. David Stern came in and said, hey, we're going to expand this league. We're going to get Gatorade involved. It's going to be called the G League now. Are you seeing a shift in the way younger players coming up through high school, wanting to get into the league, are thinking about their development in the G League onto the NBA? Is there a real mind shift and excitement there? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the G League is, uh, you know, I, it's my first year uh, experience in the G League. Uh, so it's, it's been very, very good, especially from uh, our team standpoint. Uh, we have a lot of guys. Uh, first of all, we have a lot of great guys on our team. Second of all, we have a lot of hard, a lot of hard workers on our team. Matter of fact, we got an off day today, and I'm actually making my way to the arena because the guys want, you know, it's out today. Normally on an option day to get shots, you know, we have, if not three quarters, if not the entire team, uh, coming in to work uh, and, and try to get better. So that's what's that's the great thing about the G League is that you got, uh, I think, 27 teams, uh, uh, and they all uh, have a have an opportunity to uh, to try and hone their skill and try to get better and develop and try to you know and uh, get the great get the esteemed opportunity to play in the NBA. And that's what it's all about for me. Uh, that's why I, I decided to come here and coach in the G League because it's all about development. And the game of basketball has been so good to me. So I just try to pay it forward. Uh, how's it like living in Erie? It's very uh, cold and a lot of snow. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, I think the last three or four days, matter of fact, after the game last night, uh, there, was, uh, there was six inches of snow on the ground when we left. Uh, and, and it wasn't there, but it wasn't there before we got there. So, so uh, and I think it's supposed to snow the rest of the week. And uh, but it's a lot of snow. But it's it's a it's a very surprising. It's a nice city. Uh, they have a lot. Uh, they support their team. I got to have a, they have a minor league baseball team, minor league hockey team, and the and the Erie Bears. So they uh, they really support us here. And uh, so it's right on the Lake Erie, which is uh, very very nice and very very pretty around the bayfront. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty nice deal, pretty nice deal here. That's great. It's funny because in looking at your uh, life and career, growing up obviously in Evansville and then being drafted by Washington, you played in Washington uh, for many years. With the exception of, you know, Golden State for a little bit, you seem to have been in just cold weather, bad weather cities your whole life. I mean, can't you swing getting over to Los Angeles or something? Be closer to us. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, you never know. We'll see. We might, we might have to see what uh, how that turns out. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I'm one of those guys. I'm really, I'm, I'm what you call a low maintenance guy. I don't, I don't trip on weather. I don't trip on any of that. I just try to keep my head down and keep pushing forward. That's all. I, that's all I try to do. So let's go back to high school. You're an Indiana All Star, and Indiana starts starts calling. Now this is going to be the number one recruiting class in the country when it's all said and done. Give us a little background on what it's like to grow up as a basketball player, a very good one in a basketball crazy state, and then get recruited by the state university as far as basketball is concerned. Yeah, you know, it kind of started. Uh, I was a late bloomer as a player, and I really didn't come into my own as a player in high school until maybe my 
maybe my junior year. Uh, and, the, and the greatest thing that ever happened to me was, and uh, no disrespect to Dennis Bates, who was the head coach at Harrison at the time, uh, but, you know, I guess he had decided he wanted to become the, uh, the AD of the, uh, of the, the high school. And uh, so Gerald Van Devener, uh, my old high school coach who came from Boonville High School, uh, where he had a lot of success over there, uh, he came and took over. And, and, uh, and for me, I was, I'm a, I was a shy mama's boy uh, who had some athletic ability, but not, not really a lot of skill in terms of playing the game of basketball. And you know, So he called me into his office. I think he came my sophomore year. So he called me into his office and, and said, hey, hey, Cal, you have an opportunity with your athleticism and your ability. And your, uh, if you continue to work on your skill level and better, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to to uh, play Division One college basketball and get a scholarship. And once he said said that, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm I was off to the races. And uh, he so he's he has been a great mentor for, to me. And I always tell him I, I talk to him to this day. We talk all the time and tell him if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be in the position I am now. So, uh, so yeah. So it, it it's kind of started that way. And then uh, so I got to my junior year and. Uh, you know everything. I started to get a little bit better. My skills started to catch up with my with my uh, my my natural gifts. And uh, but at the t- at that time, I think my junior year, uh, Coach Knight came to see me play. Uh, I guess everybody started hearing that I was I was I was becoming a pretty good player. So he comes to see me play. I think it was against Jasper. I think it might have been the last regular season game, but right before sectionals. And I had a terrible game. I shot like I want to say anywhere from like maybe five, five or 25 or something like that from the field. Didn't have a lot of rebounds. Didn't have a lot of a, uh, didn't really impact the game on either side, either end of the floor. And, uh, and at the time, Ryan Felling, who was the assistant coach, one of the coaches, the head assistants, he was, he was recruiting me hard. And uh, so what, from, from what Felling, Felling told me, Felling said that, uh, you know, this guy can't, you know, coach Knight said, this guy can't play at Indiana. He can't do this. He can't do that. Uh, I, and then he's what are you talking about? And then, so I guess Fallon was saying that of the of the seven the seven the six guys that they had recruited that year, I was the best guy. And uh, and coach uh, didn't believe him. <laughs> so long story short, long story short, we we go to AAU, we go to AAU that summer, and I tear it up in AAU, up in AAU that summer, and then all of a sudden, you know, something goes back to coach and it's like, hey, here's the deal. <laughs> if you if you want this kid, you better come get him now because he's going to be probably the best player to to play. Uh, he's going to he's probably going to be our best freshman uh, coming in. And I guess uh, he he finally pulled coach's arm, and uh, and after that, you know, the rest is history. I, I mean, when when uh, I ended up signing my N, uh, my NLI, which is National Letter of Intent, Ryan Felling flies down to Evansville, and uh, I signed my National Letter of Intent on the hood of a car at the at the the chartered airport. Wait, you mean you didn't have a high school press conference with 6,000 no, people No, no high school up? press conference. Okay. No high school press conference. Like he came down, I signed a last 11 and 10 on the, on the hood of a car, and I think it might have been raining that day. And he's, he turns around, gets on, the, gets on the, the, uh, his plane, and goes back up to Bloomington. And that's how it all got started. Now, but doing we, a little homework here, and I'm hoping you can confirm this for me, is it true you were the first left-handed player? I'm a, I'm left-handed as well, so this is important. The first lefty to play for Coach Knight? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, because at that um, of our freshman class, uh, Lawrence Funderburg was in that class. Uh, if you remember Lawrence yep. Funderburg, who yes. ended up in Ohio State. Okay, he, so he you were the left- you were the only lefty that mattered. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess you could say that, but uh, yeah. So at that time, as myself and Lawrence, we came in at the same time, 
Uh, and uh, so we're the first two lefties to play that. I, I got to take a step back for two things. One, so your new coach comes in and tells you, opens your eyes to this opportunity that you have in front of you. But I'm assuming you're a lot like most kids at that age. You're probably 16 years old, around there, 15, 16. You're having fun. You're having a good time in high school. How do you... How does the switch go from just being good at sports, and I know you played other sports as well, to now Now i got to get my butt in the gym and really work at this skill? How, how are you able to just flip that switch to go from, this is a fun thing that I do and I'm pretty good at, to no, this could be something that changes my life? Yeah, sometimes all it takes is just somebody believing in you. Uh, you know, at that time, uh, you know, I grew up in Evansville. I love it. You know, I love the town. And, but for me, you know, it was like, you know, a lot of kids, you know, they they just figure out, hey, I'm gonna graduate high school and and uh, and you know and maybe get a job, you know, working somewhere in Evansville. You know, I, you know, at that time, my mom didn't have money. My mom and dad got divorced when I was uh, when I was young, and so uh, we just ba- we basically had a, a single parent income, and you know, my mom couldn't afford to, to 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 send me to college. So uh, so my so my my initial thought was, hey, okay, that's fine. And once I graduate, I'll just you know get a job somewhere in Evansville or somewhere in the surrounding area. And I try to make a life for myself, but then when you know Coach Van Dievener came in and told me that I have an opportunity to to uh, to play Division One college basketball, and and that kind of opened my eyes and like, hey, I mean, I have an opportunity here, especially with my ability. So uh, let's see where this goes. And so it's all sometimes it's all about just making a choice. Uh, either you, either either you're gonna do it or you just it's actually it's simple. Either you're gonna do it or you're not gonna do it. Hmm. I decided to do it, and and uh, and uh, like I said, but sometimes it does take uh, somebody to help you. Uh, to help you realize your dream, and you know, Coach Van Dieven was that, was that guy. That's great. Now you said that Coach Knight came to your game, and you stunk up the joint. Did you meet him? Uh-huh. Did you first of all were you scared knowing that he was coming to your game? Did that affect your shooting at all? And was at that, that time? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go I'm ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go no. You, please. I was just going to ask. At that, did, at, yeah. at that time, I, at that time, there was a buzz that he was coming. Nobody really knew. Uh, and but I, and I'm I'm not going to lie. I, I probably. Uh, stuck up the gym because I knew he was there watching. Uh, so uh, you know, I and I, I admit it. You know, so uh, it is, it is what it is. You know, but <laughs> so so, uh, so you know, like it is. Uh, he he he. I think you know the, at the time you know and then, uh, at the time coach Van Diemener was kind of uh, kind of trying to downplay it, and I think right before the game started, uh, I had just happened to look up and coach like coach Knight was up there in the in the back corner of the of the uh, at the top of the uh, uh, of the seats, uh, and he was watching. And at that at that point, I was you know I was a little bit I, I wouldn't say petrified, but I was a little bit intimidated, a little bit nervous at time at the time. I said, "Man, I got to perform." And I think I put a little bit too much pressure on myself to try to perform, and as a result, uh, I had that atrocious game. Now, when was the first time you actually had the chance to meet Coach Knight, sit down with him, talk to him, t- walk us through that meeting? Uh, I actually went went up for a visit. Uh, my mom and I, and I think it might have been a Purdue game, and um, uh, so I want to say uh, I didn't get a chance. You know, I guess he didn't didn't want to meet before the game because he was getting his team ready and everything. So I get there, and after the game, uh, I think I think they won, and I can't remember if they won or not. But after the game, he he lets me come into the locker room, and uh, he just he just goes on this tire. He just goes on this this praised tirade on guy on guys i guess on how on how they played 
so he's throwing stuff and kicking stuff, and I'm like, I'm sitting there standing there like, if, if I decide to come here, is this what I'm going to have to be dealing with? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, you know, Coach Van Dippen was tough on me, but, you know, this is like another level of toughness. Uh, but, uh, but, and so, so after the, so after that, we, we, we go to his, uh, to his, uh, his, the coach's office, his coach, his, his coach's office. And so, uh, my mom and I are sitting there and he's done, I guess, showering or whatever. And then he just tells me to get up and leave. I don't want, he said, I don't want to talk. He said, he said, I don't want to talk to you. I want to talk to your mother <laughs> because he knows if he gets to my mom, he knows he can get to me. <laughs> so, cause that's how, cause that's how much my, my, my mom meant to me or my, my, how much my mom means to me. So, uh, so I, I really, I didn't really talk to him that often. Uh, it was just, he, he and my mom had a conversation and then next thing you know, uh, we had to try, it was an unofficial visit. So I had to turn around. So we had to turn around. I had to go to, uh, go to class the next day. So, um, uh, so it, it, the, the, it was, it was brief, but you know, he just, you know, he obviously, he put his hand on my, on my shoulder and he had this big, big, uh, national championship ring that he always wears and he hits you really hard with it, with, with his hand. And, and then as, and as <laughs> And when he while he's hitting you, you know this this the, the band the band from the ring is like hitting you and digging into your skin. I'm like and I'm like I'm like, will this dude stop hitting me, please? <laughs> you know, stop, tap, stop tapping me on my stop tapping me on my back. So he's doing that, and we uh so I had a nice little maybe five ten minute conversation with him, and then uh but he like I said he spoke more to my mom than he spoke to me, and we were driving back. And my mom said he she really liked uh, the things that he said and and uh, and how he's going to take you know he would take me and. And uh, turned me into not only a good basketball player, but a good uh, individual, a good student. And, uh, you know, and that was pretty much it. So we have your mom to thank for you going to Indiana University. Is that fair to say? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, she, she pretty much gave me the, the uh, she did a good job of letting me know, you know, she, she, you know I, got, I was recruited by University of Evansville. I was recruited by Indiana. I was recruited by a couple other schools. But she would give me her, their, her, her opinion on, on all of them. But at the end of the day, she was she she said, "Hey, you're 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 growing. You're a young man. You're growing. You got to make a decision for yourself, and then you got to stick to that decision." So she was very very good about that. So, so she let me make the decision on my own. So you get there. You've already had a nice sneak preview of what it's going to be like to be coached by the general. How did you get there freshman year? You start off clearly very well. Twenty points your first game. You average seventeen as a freshman. Can you can you take us a little bit inside the process? of how Coach Knight develops you, brings you in as a part of a big, incredible recruiting class, and how he, in fact, got the absolute most out of you in those four years. Well, you know, he's one of those guys, he's, uh, people think he's really, really hands-on. I mean, but he's, he's, he's really lets you, gives you, the, gives you the freedom that you need. Uh, but obviously from the beginning, from the get-go as a coach, you know, he, he teaches you, he gives you all of his, his you know, strategy and, structure of how to play the game that he way the way he wants you to play it and once you finally understand and, and understand how to play the game or and the way he wants you to play it he, he holds you to that super high standard that you, yeah this is the way we're going to play and you better play the way i want you to play but at the same time he still gives you that freedom to play does that make sense yes totally sure. can we i have to yeah, ask so, sorry keep going go ahead go ahead i, I was just going to ask more about you're coming to Indiana in a seven-man recruiting class that includes you, Greg Graham, Pat Graham, Lawrence Funderburg, Chris Lawson, Chris Reynolds, and Todd Leary. And I just did a quick internet search just to see, you know, 
what's still on what's on the internet from those days because obviously those days were pre-internet and i found a chicago tribune article talking about the greatest recruiting class ever there were lots of articles where people said things like it's not a question of if indiana will win a national championship in the next four years it's how many uh knight got his swagger back there had to have been just an incredible amount of pressure on that group of players coming in. Did you feel that coming in? Uh, you know, being that young, I, I really didn't think about that. Um, and I'm sure my, my, my fellow teammates, I don't think we thought about that. All we was worried about is just, you know, trying to survive and get through our first year. It was a tough first year for us because, you know, coach, even though we had a great recruiting class, uh, we, you know, we, we had some good, some good veterans on the team, but we, we were the ones that played the majority of the minutes. And when you play the majority of minutes as freshmen against the, and you're kind of like, like, you're still like young boys playing against grown men. Uh, and at that time, the big 10 conference was one of the best, you know, it was one of the best, if not the best conference in the country that year, or the last few years, because, you know, Michigan, I think had just come off of, they won a, a national championship. Uh, you have Illinois who had their guys went to the final four. Uh, you have you have Michigan State, who was always good. Purdue at that time was really really good. So you had all these teams that that were basically playing with grown men, and we you know we were young young kids you know playing as freshmen, playing 35 40 minutes a night as freshmen. And uh, I think it was kind of for us it was it was more of just trying to survive and you know and get through. We had a great pre-conference season, uh, but when you get to the Big Ten, it's like a whole nother level of competition. So. Uh, we had a we had a we had a we struggled with that and we I can I think we barely got into the NCAA tournament that year and we lost in the first round to a to a California team so uh, I think at that time it was just a, you know like I said trying to learn the process uh, it was all a process for us trying to learn and then and then knowing that that next year you know after we had uh, an opportunity to get better and over the summer we whether be on the court or in the in the weight room uh we were we we knew we were going to make some some uh some some large strides uh going into our sophomore year. Can we talk for a second about the turmoil in the freshman year because not only did you have to deal with just the adjustment of going from high school to college, but you also had to deal with some players leaving the team. Uh yeah, specifically yeah. Lawrence Funderburk and then Chris Lawson. What was that uh-huh. what was that like going through that as a kid where you, I assume you're thinking wow, these guys are going to be my friends for the next 3-4 years? And then it starts to break apart. What was that like? Yeah, it was tough, you know, because you know I, we developed a relationship with those with those guys. We had played AAU leading up to our, our freshman year. At that time, we had they had 19, 19 and under AAU uh, over the summer, and we had we had developed a bond playing with one another uh, leading leading up to our uh, our first few weeks at at, at Indiana. And uh, and for you know for them to leave and. And, and go. I mean, I can understand it some, some to a certain degree, but I can also, you know, I, 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 it's disappointed to a certain degree, but I can also understand to a certain degree that, you know, I don't think, you know, Chris was playing a lot, and I think he went somewhere where he was going to, uh, he was going to impact a, a program, and and he ended up, you know, and he did, and he ended up doing that at Vanderbilt, and uh, you know, Lawrence, uh, uh, you know, going through the things that he did, he he had a he had a rough childhood growing up. And I think, you know, sometimes, you know, he and Coach, you know, clashed a little bit. And as a result, you know, I guess he wasn't ready for that. And, uh, you know, so he moved on. He, he ended up, you know, doing well at Ohio State. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough from a standpoint, uh, you know, that they left uh, because, you know, we developed a nice little friendship. But at the same time, uh, I can understand their situations. And you just got to suck it up and, 
and uh, and and deal with it. And I think we were able to do that. Well, and it was really an embarrassment of riches, and it's understandable that some of that had to get spread around just because of the talent there. Everybody deserved to be playing at a high level at Division One. We're certainly very happy with who stayed. Now, before we we get back into the incredible career games seasons that came, what we do like to do is ask people about coming to Bloomington, living in Bloomington, being an IU student. What 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 are some of your fondest memories? Your restaurants, your classes. Take us through a little bit, Calbert Cheney, IU student. Uh. It, it was it was wonderful. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, every, every time I go back to campus, it's like it's just uh, you just remember how, how how good a time you had when you were there, and uh, that's that's just the nature of that's how IU's always been to me. And uh, you know, obviously, the, the the IU basketball program is is uh, in the forefront of that university. Uh, but but more importantly for me, it was all about the camaraderie, the uh, the people that I, that I got a chance to meet. Uh, the classes I got to go to, just being on campus, going to Nick's, uh, spending time with Nick's. Well, wait, uh, you went to, as a junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a junior. Yeah, you didn't go to Nick's before you turned 21, Oh, no, no, right? you go to restaurant to eat. No, you go to restaurant to eat. Yeah, now. there we go. You, there go, we restaurant, go. you can go to restaurant to eat. You know, yeah, you know, you talk about the other part. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sink the no, biz as that, a freshman. Great, you know, let's just say Nick's has great pizza. <laughs> yes, sure. Everybody talks but, about Nick's pizza. But, uh, Yes, yes, going to Dick's, and then like I said, it's but uh, but it, that's just the great, that's just the lore of, of Indiana University. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful campus, uh, with wonderful people, uh, you know, getting up and going to class, uh, even though when it when it was frigid and cold, I mean, you still relish the opportunity to go to class and and uh, and meet new professors and meet new people, and uh, and just to, and just enjoy the four years being there. I mean, it went it went by it went by super fast. When it goes when things go by fast, that means you're having a great time and. I really, really enjoyed it. All right, you got to help me here. Did you ever have a teacher who said, listen, you're not doing that great in this class, but that three-point shot that you have is so good. I'm just going to bump you up a little bit because of it. <laughs> I mean, you were no, just so unfortunately, unfortunately not. Okay. Unfortunately not. I, I got, let's just say I got off to my – I got a story for you. I, I, I got off to a slow start first semester of my freshman year. And I think it's because it wasn't because I, I couldn't do the work. It was because I think you know you have this newly found freedom, and and uh, you think that uh, you know everything. You, you put stuff on the back burner. Obviously, you've been practicing for three hours, and all of a sudden you got to come after three hours of practice. You got to go study. And I and I had a and I had a, you know and obviously you know you guys know that when you when you go to college, it's all about you got to be able to manage your time. And uh, and you know and I had a hard time managing my time my my uh my my freshman year my first semester so i'm not going to tell you what gpa i had after my fr after the first semester of my freshman year because <laughs> i'm just going to do that did did but, it did it so, have a one so, in front of it did it have a one it in had front a one it, it did have a one it did have a one in front <laughs> okay, of it let's okay. put it that way so <laughs> it was a one dot a one dot yeah that's a but, big range but, a big range there yeah so 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 uh buzz kirpius who was our academic advisor advisor at the time called me into her office and was like she's like what is this i'm like well you know i mean uh, so I'm, I'm trying to give every excuse in the book well you know my dog ate it my dog ate my homework yeah this, you had, that, to, that, you had to tell her how good that nick's pizza was the pizza at nick's is too good <laughs> exactly right so, so so uh so she tells me she says i can do it this one of two ways she said i could have i could tell coach and have him deal with it mm. and, or 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 we 
we could just not let Coach know about this. I could, I could, I could brush it over. I could have a talk with him, and then we can get you, we can get you all squared away. And next semester, you're gonna, you know, you can get all, you can get yourself all squared away. Somebody with, 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 you know, with, with tutors or whatnot. Uh, and I said, you know, I got to go with option B. I can't go with option A. <laughs> you know, so, so, so after that, so after that, uh, once I finally got myself squared away and straight, and I, you know, I was able to manage my time better. I was over three, I think, the rest of the, the rest of my three, my, my, uh, my college career. So uh, it was just a matter of me. Uh, I think I got a little bit too much, had a little bit too much freedom getting away from home and, and having a good time. And all of a sudden, and then uh, that happens. And then, you know, she gives me the option. That, uh, like I said, either you're going to, either I could tell him or I, we could, we could, we could, t- we could take care of this another way. And uh, you know, so that that was a that was a that was a that was a funny story. That's a good motivator. So um, yes, no doubt. No doubt. M- moving forward next year, Alan Henderson shows up. Well, first Damon. W- oh, Damon, Damon shows up. Uh, well, well, let's talk about that for a second because Damon was really, in many ways, the first modern day super recruit. Romeo, you know? Romeo before Romeo. Right. What did, did that matter to the guys on the team? Did you guys pay any attention to that? Was there any resentment at all when Damon came in that this kid's already been anointed this superstar before he set foot on campus? Was there anything like that? Uh, uh, to, to a certain degree, there was a little bit of resentment because you know, say, hey, you know, like we were like, hey, coach, we're here too. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, but uh, but at the same time, once we got a chance to meet Damon and and, and get a chance to know him. He might have been. He he's one of the best teammates I ever had because he he's so unselfish. Uh, you know, I, Damon could have could have done a lot, had a, a lot better career at Indiana if it wasn't. You know, I, but we were so talented. He really didn't have to do as much like he did in high, in high school. And uh, but uh, once we got on the floor with him, you know, his his he, he plays hard. He could, he he could do so many things. He could shoot. He could handle the ball. He's a great passer. He could rebound. Uh, and he and he overall he made a lot of his a lot of the guys better. And I would always tell people that, you know, our our success was 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 uh was determined by how how well he played. So to me, he was the X factor for our team. When he played well, we were the best. To me, in my opinion, I thought we were the best team in the country. Uh, when he didn't play well, uh, we were still really good. But at the same time, you know, when we get when we go up against one of the you know the, the teams that are or just as good as we are, you know, uh, we would tend to, I wouldn't say we would tend to struggle, but it would be a lot tighter game. And uh, so, he, to me, he was the X factor for our team because he brought so many uh, uh, different skills to the table for us. And like I said, he was a wonderful teammate, and I'd play with him again uh, in a heartbeat. And uh, were there any uh, one-on-one matchups between Calvert Chaney and Damon Bailey behind closed doors after practice? No, we didn't. We didn't really go at it like that. Uh, you know, we we uh, we really didn't. We I don't think we really did that. But I tell you one thing. I, I got a story for you. We uh, we had just lost. I want to say to uh, who do we lose to? It might have been my junior year, it might have been my senior year. No, it was my senior year. We had lost to Kansas at uh, at who's at the Hoosier Dome. Yeah, right in Indianapolis, yeah. right before the conference season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Damon and Damon and Greg hadn't didn't play very well, and so Coach uh, kind of demoted him and put him and put him on the white team. Uh, you know, the red team were the, were the was the first team, and the, and the white team was the, was the second team. And so he put him on the second team, he and Greg, and we just started playing. And uh, Damon might have the best that he, that he, that might have been the best practice I've ever I've ever seen from a guy uh, in, in response to to being like demoted. And I think I don't, they weren't really demoted. I think coach was just trying to make a point. 
and uh, he was he was phenomenal, scoring the ball, defending, passing. He and Greg were like, I mean, they freaking they they freaking beat us. I think I, I think we might have played a quarter or two, and they freaking dusted us both both quarters. Wow. You know, both both uh, we might play ten minutes, and that's how that's how that's how much he and Greg you know meant to the team. And I think coach was just trying to make a point. I said, you got to play that all the time. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those deals where, you know, that's how good Damon was. I mean, he, he could, he could sometimes himself, he could just take over a game and it doesn't necessarily have to be from a scoring standpoint. It could be from just, you know, passing the ball and, and, uh, and defending. And, uh, but like I said, he has, he has so many multifaceted skills that, uh, like I said, he, to me, he was the X factor for our team. So, at that time, in the in the story of college basketball, circa nineteen, let's call it ninety through ninety three, you are our superhero. You are the man and the villain in this story. There are many, but I would say one is Jimmy Jackson. It's the Fab Five. It's the Fab Five. The Fab Five. The Fab Five. The whole group. Uh, I think many would say that. I think many would say the Fab Five. The though. Fab Five as a group, as a group, the Fab yeah. Five are the villains. But the battles uh-huh. you had with Jimmy Jackson and he's, you know, you guys are up for the same individual honors every year that he's there. Did you have a relationship with Jimmy before that? And to that degree, did you have a relationship with any of the Fab Five guys? And did you hate them as much as we did? Because we hated them all. Well, in reference to Jimmy, I never knew Jimmy going up to high school. I was, like I said, I was a late bloomer in high school, so I didn't start playing AAU ball. Uh, up until maybe my junior year in high school, uh, so uh, but but everybody knew about Jimmy, uh, you know, uh, coming out of Toledo, and uh, and how good he was, and when he won the top five players in the country and everything. So you heard a lot about him, uh, and then you know once you get a chance to play against him, uh, you know it was it was we had some great battles, but at the same time you know, we had a lot of we had a lot of mutual respect for one another and what we what, what we were able to bring to our team, and. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, there's a couple, of, you know, we, we would, we, matter of fact, when I was uh, working with Coach Cream uh, at Indiana and, you know, Jimmy would come back and do some of the games, you know, because, you know, you got a TV analyst. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we would just talk about some of the battles that we had and, and, uh, and how, uh, how, how fun it was. And, and it was at the time before, before, you know, Chris, uh, Juwan, uh, Jalen and those guys came to Michigan, it was how it was just us two. You know, battling for the for the for the top spot in the conference, and and how great the games were. Uh, I think we had maybe a couple of overtime games. You know, we had a lot. I mean, a lot of high scoring battles. I mean, we, we couldn't stop one another. Either team. I mean, it was it was back and forth. Uh, it was that. Those are just some of the great memories. And uh, and like I said, to this day, every time I see them, and we always talk about that and how great it was and how good a time we had back uh, back in uh, in the in, in the early '90s playing against one another. Now going. F- forward we, we've talked a lot about the class you came in with but an upperclassman who obviously was a very important part of what was going on there uh and who we've lost recently is eric anderson and we just kind of wanted to hear how important he was to you as a player and what kind of relationship you had with him as a teammate and as a friend uh, unbelievable unbelievable friend unbelievable teammate one of the best i've ever had uh what 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 uh what made Eric uh, so wonderful was that he was always smiling, no matter what the situation was, whether coach got in his tail or, or you know, coach got in all of us, all, all of our tails, 
uh, he always find find a, a silver lining to to all the negativity uh, sometimes, and uh, and that's that's what that's what set him apart. Not only was a great basketball player, one of the best to ever play at Indiana, but uh, he was an un- unbelievable, more importantly, more uh, an unbelievable individual, and uh, he'll be sorely missed. And uh, uh, you know, we were matter of fact when last this past summer. Uh, we all had a, the Indiana uh, basketball uh, golf reunion. We tried to hold every year in French Lick, and he was there. And we were we were talking about a, uh, good old times, and and uh, and for him to, to and for him for him to you know, to pass away so soon, and after after just talking to him, I mean, it, was, it seemed like what it seemed like it was yesterday. Uh, you know, it's very very tragic, but at the same time, I mean, he's in a better place, and and hopefully, I get a chance to see him again. Yeah. Uh, to go back to basketball for a second here, and let's talk a little bit about the group of villains, the Fab Five. Mm. What was your record against the Fab Five in college, <laughs> Calvert? Uh, from what I think, we might have lost to them only once. Yeah. And I think, and I and I would, I, I would, when Chris, when Chris and I were were uh, were teammates in Washington, I would, I would, I, and Juwan, I would give him a hard time. I said, you know, that one time that y'all beat us, you know, I had a, I actually played with the flu that game, and I had, I was playing like with a hundred. I actually, I was playing with 102. I think I, by the time this game ended, I, I had like a 102, 103 degree fever. I, so I should never been playing. And uh, and I said that was the reason why y'all beat us. So, <laughs> yeah, and, so. I'm, I'm sure you you didn't hesitate to bring up how many Big Ten championships you won compared to their yeah. their regime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We like I said, they. Uh, yeah, we I, we would always talk talk smack a little bit, and then they they they'd always go with hit hit me with you know we got to the national championship game twice and all that other stuff you know you yeah. know. So I said okay okay I'm like okay hey that's fine I'm like I'm like you know, touche touche but uh, <laughs> yeah. luck of the but draw. At the, but at, but at, yeah but at the end of the day man uh, you know I remember you know I remember when you know I was talking to coach one day and coach uh you know basically said coach loved that team loved that michigan team because he loved them because for one they were competitive as all get out and they played and they and with all the talent that they had on that team they played together they played for one another and coach loved loved that coach loved loved that team loved playing against them uh and he you know he's made that i think he's made that known publicly too so uh, and, and you know at the end and for us though as, as, as players we were uh, you know, it, it was a bit of rivalry. I mean, we, we'd be talking smack to one another back and forth uh, the entire game. And, and, and I would always tell, you know, Chris and Juwan, I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, you guys like to, I think what they like to do, they like to, to, to get to put their imprint on the game by intimidating you, to intimidating teams in the beginning of the game. So, and, and then and then that, so to make you, by intimidating you, they, they, they think, they, and, and trying to make you scared a little bit, they think they won the game, but they can never do that with us. And uh, you know, so so because uh, we knew we were good too. And uh, but it, I guess so. Those days were great. Uh, yeah, and I really really enjoyed playing against those guys. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, uh, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, they made to me they made the Big Ten. Even though the Big Ten was really really good, they made it great. Uh, not only with their with their play, but but uh, and, and and not only with the with with the Big Ten itself, but around the entire country, they just made they just made college basketball better during that time. So let's talk a little bit about the '92 season. You have another heralded freshman come in. Uh, you have da- you have obviously your class. Then you had Damon Bailey the next year. Then you had Allen Henderson come in. It's getting really uh-huh. loaded, really loaded this team. And you guys are rolling, number one in the country. Great season. What do you remember? Let's first talk about about Allen coming in and what was he like. I know you guys remained close, but tell us a little bit about how that uh, relationship started. 
Uh, it was great. You know, he came on an official visit, and and uh, I, myself and Chris Reynolds were the, were his hosts, and uh, we had, had a good time. And we did we we hit him with everything but the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey man, you got to come here, man. This is this is an opportunity. You got a great opportunity. We got a great team. We got a chance to win a national championship, win some Big Ten titles. You know, so we took him to we took him to little Zagreb's, filled him up with some steak. Uh, you know, steak and potatoes, you know, like so we, that we, is we, some we nice hazing. <laughs> that yeah. is great yeah, yeah. hazing. So, 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 you know, took them out, took them out, had a good time, you know, so we tried, we laid it on thick. And, uh, you know, so, but at the same time, you know, I think Duke was really coming after him hard. North Carolina was coming after him hard. And everybody was, and the speculation was like, you know, he was going to go to Duke. And, uh, and, you know, so like, you know, the day comes when he makes his announcement and when he decided he was going to come to Indiana, man, I was jumping for joy because, that time we had just lost, you know, we lost uh, Lawrence Funderburg and, and uh, you know, and who really, I think, really made a difference. I mean, it, just think if we would have kept Lawrence and, and, had, and kept Allen, too. I mean, oh. <laughs> and got Allen, too. So, I mean, that would have been. But I, and, I, and I can't remember if Allen did say this. I, I think it, it, I think he probably would have went somewhere else if Lawrence would have stayed. But the fact that he did come, uh, I mean, I was over the moon. To me, Allen was our most valuable player uh, for our team because he made everybody's job easier. Uh, in terms, because he was a great defender, great rebounder, uh, great shot blocker. Not only that, he could score. And when you have an anchor like that on the defensive end, it just makes your job a lot, so much easier. Uh, and uh, and, that, and so to me, he was our most valuable player, in, uh, hands down. So, this is it. Uh, it you're, we're we're going into the tournament, and and I know where I was. I'll never forget it. What my memories are, but everybody's much more interested in. What do you remember, take away from, think back to of that Final Four game against Duke? Uh, I knew that we matched up well with them. Um, and we had been playing, you know, we had, we were pissed. We were kind of pissed, too, because we we just, we, we if we would have won our last game of the season at Purdue, we, we, we were number one seed in the Midwest. And, uh, and uh, we, but we ended up losing. And um, I think Ohio State got the number one seed in the Midwest, and we got shipped out to Boise, Idaho. And, and uh, so we were pissed. We were pissed, very upset about how everything transpired. So we, uh, and I think we went on a, on a on a on a huge run in the tournament, uh, led by led by Eric Anderson, who who I think ended up being the most valuable player of the of the of the West region. Uh, and uh, so then when we get to we play. You know, Duke, we're, we're feeling pretty confident. We know how you know, we know Duke's reputation, and they just won a national championship the year before. Uh, I'm sorry, they, they, I think they had just won it the year before, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you know, we, we have an opportunity here to uh, to make some things happen. And, and uh, you know, so we get off to a great start and, uh, in, the, in the first half. And actually, I think we, we, we pretty much outplayed them in the first half. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I still, to this day, I still get uh, – emails and, and people tell me you know they how how we got cheated out of the game because of the officials yes that's a fact and all that, that, that is true that's a verifiable <laughs> fact so yeah i mean it was tough and i think if i'm not mistaken we had maybe I myself fouled out i think damon bailey fouled out yeah. i think alan henderson fouled out anybody else foul out you know of? i think it was four people ended up fouling out of that yeah, game might, might have been matt might have been matt too oh, yeah. you know so uh you know so uh, we were very, very upset, and it was like you felt like you felt like there's nothing you could do. And I actually cried, you know, once I once I got out of the game because some of the calls that were that were being called were were so ticky tack 
uh, that, I mean, I was like, man, do they really want us to win this game? But at the same time, you can't take anything away from Duke because Duke in the second half, after after us, after we outplayed them in the first half, they stepped it up on us in the second half, and they and they made us they made everybody realize how good they really really were. And uh, I think we didn't score maybe until like, maybe 13 minutes to go in the second half. So they held us scored us for like seven minutes before we finally got back on track and started playing. And uh, so you know, like like I said, I'm not going to take anything away from Duke. You know, they great they got a, obviously they got a great coach and and a great program and have been a great program for years. Uh, but that night, I thought we I thought we really had an opportunity to to get that done and. And, uh, and have an opportunity to play for the national championship. But, you know, like I said, things happen, and it is what it is. And, uh, and you know, like I said, you try, to, you, try to, you try to put it behind you, but sometimes, you, you, you know, you, I could be sitting there watching TV, and all of a sudden I think back to that day, I'm like, daggone it, man, we, we had him. But, you know, like I said, it is what it is. And, and by the way, Calbert, you are a classy gentleman. We are not. Nope. So while you can't take anything away from Duke, we will take everything away from them. We hate them. They suck. And we were better. And we got cheated. Yep. They paid the refs. Everybody, yeah, everybody knows that. I understand. Uh, I, do I understand. Have to say, I understand. From a fan's perspective, though, just to talk about that season in broad terms, look, obviously, any season that doesn't end in a national championship, people look at it as like, oh, you didn't make it. But – if you're a fan of your team, you remember the moments, you remember the games, you remember great memories from all the seasons. And I will tell you, that season, your junior year, was so fulfilling on so many levels. For one, for me, for one reason in particular that sticks out, you started the year getting blown out by UCLA. Oh, yeah. And then you mm-hmm. played them in the Elite Eight and smoke show Waxed them. them. I mean, just <laughs> smoked them. And I thought, to me, watching what the team did, and by the way, that game against UCLA, if I'm not mistaken, the beginning of the year game, that was Allen Henderson's first game as a college player, either first or second Mm -hmm. game. And so to watch the team grow and watch Allen grow and how you guys all gelled from that moment to the Elite Eight when everybody should be clicking on all cylinders, and the growth of that team your junior year was just one of the most satisfying things to watch as a fan. Oh yes, most definitely. Yeah, we we got off to a rough start, and I think we had a lot of chemistry issues um, because uh, to, to, we were trying to bring Allen into the mold and, and bring his skill set to the mold. And I think as a result, we we weren't we weren't able to play at our best in the beginning of the season. But you know, through sheer hard work, we just kept working. We kept working. Uh, we had you know for for one for. For every two steps forward, we take a step back. Then we take another two steps forward. We take a step back, and and uh, and uh, for and so we were kind of up and down. That was a lot, that that was probably one of our, even though that, in my opinion that was one of our best teams, but more but but also it was probably one of our, our most inconsistent team of the four years that I was there, because we had so much talent, but we kind of didn't know what to do with it at the time, and then finally at the toward the end of the year we finally got to where we needed it to be. Uh, everybody knew their role, and uh, and then like I said, we were playing some really, really great, really, really good basketball up until that Purdue game where we lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have determined us, that would have made us the number one in the Midwest that year. Uh, and then you know, and then once we got to the tournament, everything we were on all cylinders. We were clicking on, clicking on all cylinders and playing some really, really good basketball. So besides the refs ripping you guys off at the end of that year, what you're saying is it it served. Uh, a purpose of, of building you through that year. So now you're coming into your senior year 
And this, we can all agree, is one of the greatest teams in Indiana history. You go 31-4, and 17-1 in conference. It's a thing of beauty to watch you guys play night in and night out. Can you talk us through that? You've been working so hard these three years, and now here you are, your senior year. You're going to be the Big Ten Player of the Year, All-American yet again, and you're going to be National Player of the Year, and you're surrounded by this unbelievable team. Just when you think back to that year, what are some of the memories that pop out, some of the feelings? Uh, I think the one, one of the more important things that popped out of my mind was the camaraderie we had on our team. We, we all – uh, we, there were no egos on our basketball team. And that, that was the most important aspect or important thing to me. And I think it was the most important thing to our, to my teammates as well. You know, we all went with a common goal. Uh, everybody knew their role. Uh, if, 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 you know, I mean, Damon had 25, if I had 25 one night and Allen had 25 one night or Damon had 25 one night and I scored eight or he, or he scored, it doesn't matter. You know, we were all about winning basketball games and winning championships. And I remember Allen saying, uh, you know, that's probably the best uh, times that he had as a player because nobody really cared about how many points they scored or how many rebounds they got or how many assists they had. It was all about getting to the bottom line, and that's winning the basketball game and trying to win, trying to win some championships. And uh, that was a great thing about that group. And uh, going into the season, we, uh, we had a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, started off playing the preseason NIT in, in New York. And, uh, I think we had, we had played, I think Tulane at home to, to start, start it off. And then I mean, I think we went from Tulane to, to, uh, New York and we played Florida state. Who's always been a really good, a good team when they had, you know, Sam Cassell, Bob Sewer, Douglas Edwards and those guys. Uh, and we had beaten him the year before, uh, uh, in the, I'm sorry, we beaten them the year before, uh, to get to the final four. We had beaten them the, uh, beaten them uh, in the semifinal national or the, in, the, in the regional semifinal before we played UCLA. So, you know, they were going to become, come, they were coming to, uh, to coming for us. And uh, I think we had one of the, the, uh, from a strength of schedule standpoint, we had one of the, I think the top uh, strength of schedule in the country that year, because we played teams like, you know, Seton Hall, who had Terry DeHair, you know, top five team, uh, Kansas, Kentucky, Florida State, Tulane at the time they were they were in the top twenty. Even it was like all pre-conference. Even, even I think Murray State, who was pretty good that year, I think Murray you, State. Yeah, I mean Murray even, State was really really good. You're yeah. exactly right. You're exactly right. So pre-conference season, we had played we had played those guys, and I kind of think I think it helped us going into the Big Ten season. We ended up losing to Kansas, and we lost Kentucky, and uh, and I think both of those games we lost because we did, we we weren't very good at the free throw line. And obviously, I mean, they're very, very good as well. You know, Patino coach team and and uh, Roy Williams at the time coaching Kansas. But cheaters, dirty, uh, yeah. <laughs> cheaters, dirty. They suck. That's okay. Keep going, Calvert. I know. I'm just trying to just trying to be optimistic, baby. Just trying to be optimistic. Just Google, <laughs> Google, Google Rick Patino and prostitutes. That's all you need to say. That's okay. Move on. But 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 uh, you know, so that kind of that kind of uh, uh, kind of vaulted us into the conference season. And, uh, you know, so we start playing the conference season. We start, we win, we win the first game, then we win the second, then we win the fourth game, then we win the fifth game. Then we get to, then we get to the, we get to the, uh, I think to a point to where we get, I think we played, we called, we called the terrible triangle. I think we had a, had a, we had a tough one. We had to go at, we were at Michigan, I think at Purdue, at Michigan, I think maybe at Iowa, at the, those three teams who were one of the, they were all top tier teams in the conference. 
and we had to go beat those guys. And we had an epic game with Michigan uh, at their place at Chrysler. And we ended up winning, uh, 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 I think, by one or two. It was and a then, classic. Uh, we go it was to a Iowa classic win up a tough there. Game. Yeah, it was a definitely classic game. And then we go to, uh, I think, Purdue, and we win there, too. So, yeah, uh, you so went, those games, you went at year. Michigan, at Illinois, at Purdue, then Ohio State at, at home. That's I mean, four games in a row. Yes. That is crazy. And you won exactly. all four of them. At, yeah, and and and, and that, now that situation, I think at that point, I don't know if it put us in, I don't know where it put us in the conference and record-wise, but we still we still hadn't lost. Yeah, you're 6-0. So now six we're and thinking oh. about, they're not, yeah, 6-0. and oh. So now, then we look at our schedule, and all of a sudden, uh, we look, and then all of a sudden, they start. Everybody starts talking about whispers of you know going undefeated in the conference team, going undefeated in the conference since the '76 team, I think, that won, that went undefeated. And then all of a sudden, so we start, you know, we 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 were like, you know, we said, hey, we can do this. Who says who says we can't do this? And uh, you know, so we get, I think we get to maybe what 16 and 0. Then we go to Penn State, and uh, you know, we we don't play very well against Penn State. We went there in overtime or double overtime, I think. Yep. And. Uh, and then, uh, then we go to Ohio State, and uh, I think that might have been was it was it Ohio State before or after that? You played Ohio State. State game before or after Ohio State. You played. Let's see. Penn State was before was before Ohio State. Uh-huh. You, you went at okay, Penn State. Yeah. Then you played Michigan again at home, beat them by a point. Then right. you played Illinois, Purdue. Then you went to Ohio State. You were thirteen and zero in the conference when you went to Ohio State. Okay, good. So then, so then, you know, at that time, then I, I, I get the flu again. At Ohio State, and I should have never played. Hmm. And uh, I, I, I kick my, I kick myself, I kick myself in the tail uh, because I should have never played that game. But I ended up playing anyway, and I was, and I gave a less than stellar performance, and we ended up losing that game, I think, in overtime. And uh, so it, it was, that was, a, that was a tough one. But then we got, we put that behind us, <laughs> and then uh, we get to Purdue. You know, we, I think we're getting ready to play Purdue coming up toward the end of the season, and then you know, Allen gets hurt uh, the day before, the day before the game. And, uh, you know, that was that was really, really tough. Uh, How did you guys respond time. to that as a team? What did Coach say? What did you say to each other about what are we going to do moving forward? Uh, it, it, it was tough, actually. You know, when, when Coach, when he got hurt, you know, Coach tried to act as, as if, you know, I, I knew it. I knew he, Coach was hurting, but I think he, he thought that if we can continue to practice and, and uh, you know, kind of, kind of put it behind us, and we got, hey, we got, a, we got a game, we got to play, we got a game, we got to play. It was very, very tough because we knew how much of a friend Allen was to us, and we knew how much of a player he was, and how much he meant to us. And we just stopped. We just didn't want to practice anymore. You know, once we found out what, you know, what had happened, when we saw what happened, and and witnessed what happened. You know, coach was trying to get us to continue to keep practicing. I was like, man, we're done. We're not. We're not. We're not, we're not practicing. No need. No need to practice anymore. No need. For, not today. And, uh, and then we got the diagnosis and, you know, and everything. And, uh, you know, you just feel – obviously you feel for our team, and more importantly you feel for Allen because, uh, you know, you know we, had a, we had a good thing going. And, uh, but for him to, you know, to hurt, him, to hurt himself at that, that, that particular point in time, uh, you know, I, I know he was hurting and we were all hurting. Uh, but, you, like I said, you got to look at the welfare of – you, you got to look for the welfare of Allen. And uh, but yeah, it was it, that was really really tough. It was really tough on us as a team. Uh, but at the end of the day, we knew we had it. We we still had a job to do. And we we still had to keep going. Uh, but that was a really really tough day. Really really tough day when he got hurt. Um, I want to take just a quick step back because you said something about this team about there were no egos and and you guys just all had one goal. And I think as fans, we 
we have heard that about various teams over the years and, and the special ones like the one you were on. And we think to ourselves, well, how does that – obviously some of that has to come from just who you all were as human beings and how you were raised and the kind of people you were. And obviously some of it has to come from Coach and the culture he created. But then I just wonder how those things actually get instilled into a team. And I heard a story that I'd love for you to confirm and maybe talk about that going back to the preseason in IT in that year, Pat Graham broke his foot again. And yes, yes, Pat broke his foot. I'm sorry, go ahead. And I was just going to say the story I read, and I would love for you to take it, is you had a killer preseason in IT that year. You won the MVP, you know, player of the tournament. And then I believe you did something with the trophy from that that year. Yes, yes, we we had we had played uh, we were playing in the semifinal game against Florida State, and uh, it was very it was a nip and tuck game, and the end of the game ended up going into overtime. Uh, and uh, if it wasn't for for Pat's play in the second half, we don't we don't we lose that game. And uh, so we're, we're, I think we're toward the end there, and he gets hurt, and it, it was a freak act. I mean, he just planted, he just planted, and and, and his foot broke again. And uh, so you know, we get off, we carry him off, and. And uh, we ended up winning that game. We ended up going on to beat Seton Hall in the final. And uh, and on the on the plane headed back, you know, I, I just I, t- I take the trophy and I just you know I said, look, I, this is you know I, I give this. I told the team I said this is this is uh, this is Pat's trophy because he's the most valuable player. Because if it wasn't for him and his play and what he brought to the table in that game against Florida State, we don't we're not in this position to win the championship. So that's what that's what it all meant to me. You know, it never it's not it's not for me. It's never been about uh, although I have some records and all that other stuff, it's never been about um, records or, or accolades for me, and, 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 and not, not only me, but for our whole team. It wasn't about that. It was about, uh, you know, w- having one common goal, and that's, you know, t- you know, winning the championship or winning games and winning, winning as many games as we can. And, uh, and that's, that's all we wanted to do. That's all, that's all we were about. Uh, what that, that was all that all that was what all we, what we were about and that's and, and, that's, and, and it always will be and that's the that's that's the great that's the one thing that i come away from with this team that's the most important thing that i come away from with this team is that uh our ability to play together and not and not worry about you know who's getting this and who's getting that just just coming together and being that team uh that just wants to win well calbert if you would indulge me for a moment i want to let you know what that team your whole career, but particularly your senior year, meant to me. Uh, my father and I uh, were very close, still are, and Indiana basketball had a lot to do with that. So as you were a senior in college, I was a freshman in high school. And okay. I'm watching this at Peru, team at, Peru. at Peru, Indiana. Uh, they're about three hours north and could not have been more invested emotionally with what had been happening your whole career there. And here it was. This was the climax of this incredible career. And I will say uh, you were then, as you are now, my favorite basketball player of all time. And, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. The, the joy, I can't, I can't describe, so I won't try what watching you play at Indiana meant. But this might sum it up. I'm a freshman in high school, and because my voice hasn't changed yet, I get in the high school musical. <laughs> I get I get in the high school musical because I can hit the notes. Uh, now, as a little bit of context, I have moved to Los Angeles after my time at Indiana, and I've become a professional actor. It's what I do. So clearly, 
acting meant a lot to me then, as it does now, and all points in between. But here's the problem. There's tech week when you're doing a play. And I know you've been in big movies and music videos, so you understand all this, but just for our listeners. So, so tech week is the week leading up to opening night. It's uh, dress rehearsal on Thursday, opening night on Friday. So those, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you, you've got to be there, the whole cast, the whole crew, dialing it in, getting ready for the big opening. Here's the problem. That Wednesday night before dress rehearsal, is your senior night. And my father, <laughs> my father at my demand, and he was very happy to do this, got us tickets to go down to Bloomington and watch your senior night game. So being a freshman, unaware of just how crucial it is to be at Tech Week every rehearsal, cue to cue many hours, I go and tell the drama teacher and the director, Larry Stratmeyer, hey, sorry, I'm not gonna make it on Wednesday. I gotta go to IU senior night. He goes, oh really? I was like, yeah, 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 this is, this is my jam here. And he goes, okay, well, then I'm going to kick you out of the play. And I went, wow. So you really did kick you out of the play? Well, here's the thing. There were tears. There was <laughs> gnashing of teeth. There was confusion. And ultimately, I go back, and I'm like, Dad, there's no way he can kick me out of the play. There is no way. That, there's no understudy. This is a musical. I have scenes. I have numbers. They, they can't replace me. Go talk to him. See if you can work something out. So dad goes very diplomatically and says, look, this means this team, this player means so much to my son. And he'll do whatever work is required. And, and I said this as well, too, to make it up. I'll be there early. I'll be there late on Monday, Tuesday. Please just let him go. And I think he felt like the lesson was learned, my teacher, and that really he was totally screwed if he kicked me out of the play. And he let me go down there. And it was such a, a magical night. You guys just, I think you won by 30. And the speeches were there. And I go out onto the floor afterwards. And you come out and you sign my jersey, my number four Calvert Cheney jersey that's still framed to this day. And we take a picture. And at this time, I'm about five through five three, uh, look like I'm about eight years old. And Eric and I are looking at that picture on my desk I will, right now. I will send you this picture, Calvert, so you can see it. Uh, please do, please do. I want to see that. So I just wanted to 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 let you know, and I'm sure stories like that you've heard them before, and there's countless out there you'll never hear. But what that meant then and what it meant since and what you and what you did there continues to mean to me and my father's relationship and so many Hoosier fans in the time since. So, so thank you for that. Thank you for indulging me on that. It's like you gave me so much joy and pleasure. I, I needed to share that with you. Well, I appreciate that, my man. But at the same time, I mean, the drama teacher, man, he tripping. <laughs> what, what? I don't know what the drama teacher is thinking, man. Look, see, you just started a show. You know your lines. Yeah. Hey, ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong if you go out to senior night. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, man. I should have had what, you what talk to him. What was the drama teacher's name? What was his name? What Larry, was his name? Larry Stratmeyer. I love that man. Larry Stratton. Tell Larry, man. Tell Larry, man. Oh, hey, come on, man, Larry. Come on now. <laughs> so, give, him a, give him a hard time for me. Give him a hard we time will. for me. I will do that. So let's get back into the tournament because uh, 240 miles away or so from Ward, I was living in St. Louis, Missouri, 
when Indiana University and Calbert Chaney, his senior year, came to St. Louis to play in the Sweet 16 and then ultimately the Elite Eight game in the NCAA tournament. My father and mother both went to Indiana as well. And the fact that Indiana was coming to St. Louis in this magical year meant we got to go see Indiana play. And we went and saw you play against Louisville and then videotaped the game, too. So when we came home, we could watch it again. I still have my VHS of that game. And I have to say, and I want you to talk (laughs) me through this, because my single favorite play of your career and one of my favorite plays of any basketball game ever was against Louisville. They were like this tough – everybody thought of them as this tough, grinded-out team, and they had Dwayne Morton. And Dwayne Morton, in the first half, I believe it's the first half, got loose after a really good defensive possession. He, he, the ball gets reversed from the corner over to the other wing. You're guarding the, the corner. The ball gets reversed on a skip pass. That ball then gets fed into Morton, who is streaking to the lane, and he goes up to dunk the ball. And he is met by all six foot seven of Calbert Cheney who blocks it. They called the foul, which was total BS. But then you went face-to-face with Morton and just talked some smack. That moment, I don't know if that if you even remember that moment, but it means a lot to me. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I remember it. I remember it. Uh, first of all, I kind of took offense to him trying to dunk on me. Yes. So 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 so, so, so I went up, and uh, actually it was a great block, and, and – in today's day and age, that wouldn't even be a foul. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, so you know, but then, so I just, I just came down, and the, the, the rest is kind of foggy. But I do, do remember saying, I do remember saying, uh, you know, you get that, you get that s out of there, get that s out of here, get that s out of here. I said, don't bring that stuff up in here. Yes. I can't remember what he was saying. But I can't remember what he was saying. So we're going back and forth, whatnot. We, we basically got, you know, nose to nose, and, uh, but that was a, at that time. I was just trying to, I was trying to make a play. You made and, a play. Uh, I think that, yeah, I think you're just trying to make a play. And, and, uh, but at that time, you know, we, uh, you know, just, just one of those competitive deals where <laughs> I might've been a little bit overly too, overly competitive. No, I love it. Uh, just the right amount. But, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but like I said, it was, we, we had a, but at the same time, man, I think maybe like five, six years later, we, we talked about it and laughed about it. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that was, that was a, that was a, that was a really nice moment. Really I nice love moment. It. So then, uh, and then, of course, you play Kansas in the Elite Eight, and let's let's not let's not you know pretend like this wasn't the major storyline. Allen Henderson was playing on one leg; he wasn't himself, and you could just never kind of get over the hump in that Kansas game, and lost in the Elite Eight. And I, I have to ask you: um, this actually comes from another podcast, a really good podcast about Indiana called The Assembly Call from Jared Morris. He wanted to know how often, if ever. Does your mind drift back to the "what if" question? Had Allen not gotten hurt that year, do you allow your mind to go uh, there? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, I try, you know, I try to keep it out, but it's hard to because, like I said, as a competitor and uh, you know playing on such great teams and having an opportunity to to uh, you know to to win a national championship, yeah, you think about it, and uh, yeah, it was it, that was very very tough. I mean, uh, at the time, you know. If, if one team that was like kryptonite to us, it was Kansas because, for one, they had a great coach in Roy Williams. They had uh, Adonis Jordan, Rex Walters, uh, Greg Ostertag. They had a really, really good team. And they'd always uh, – for, for 
such a great team. We had some, we had a really good team, but as great as we were my senior year, we weren't very deep. Remember, we might have went seven, six to seven deep with uh, I think maybe Brian coming off the bench and then Ty Leary. So, um, you know, we we knew we were going we were going to have our trouble, especially with, you know, we had troubles with them when you know even with Allen. So we knew we were going to struggle because they had they had they were big and they had a nice, really good inside game. Richard Scott and Greg Ostertag and they and, and they were deep and coach with. Coach, Coach Williams would always run four or five guys at a time, sub, substitution-wise, at you. And uh, we were we were in really really good shape. But at the time, you know, even if no matter how good a shape you're in, if they keep if they keep running fresh bodies at you, uh, it's, eventually it's going to try, try and wear you down. And we would always be nip and tuck with them for the most part. And at the end, they would always get separation on us and win the game. So uh, when Allen, uh, you know, got hurt and he was he was giving doing his best, uh, you know, he was a shell of himself because of his knee. Uh, uh, it was very, very disappointing that we lost to them. But even even if we would have had Allen at full strength, I really do think we would have won the game and, and, and had an opportunity to go out and win a national championship because we were playing such good basketball at the end of the season. And uh, but yeah, so it does. Yeah, my mind, my mind does drift back to it sometimes. And uh, but you know, but it, it just goes to show that even even when you get to the NCAA tournament, uh, uh, match matchups are very, very important. And uh, it only takes one one bad game or one tough game. Uh, to be out of it, and uh, unfortunately, that was that game. And uh, to my hat off, you know, my hats off to, to Coach Roy Williams in Kansas. You know, I love, I love Coach Roy Williams. We you know we he was one of the assistant coaches at the uh, for the World University Games team I pl- we played on in England, and uh, so I developed a good relationship with him. And uh, you know, so it, it 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 was a tough one. It was a tough one, but at the same time. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't trade that season for any other season. It was uh, it was a very very special season for. Neither well, would we. And I have to ask another uh, another Hoosier hysteric follower had a question. Uh, Kevin Frank had a question to wanting to know if you remember shooting baskets not long after that Kansas game. He thinks it might have even been the night of, or I doubt it was the night of, but a week maybe within a week later, shooting hoops across Fee Lane from Briscoe. At a, 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 like a nighttime, just you out there shooting with a bunch of young kids, young freshmen. Do you remember that at all? Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would, I, I wouldn't doubt it if I did. I mean, I, I just love to play. So yeah, well, the, <laughs> I went out, but I, but, but I, I just love to play. So yeah, I probably did. Yeah, well, I as Ward was talking about the the memories, I think you gave all of us. They they just stick so so deeply. Well, and and. Obviously, all minds can drift back to to the very end, the what if. We all know what if. You guys would have won what should have been your second national championship if it wasn't (laughs) for the universe of injuries and refs being paid conspiring against you. But when your mind does drift there, now you're driving in the car, you have a moment to yourself – What's what's the strongest, best, warmest memory, whether it's a moment or a feeling you have of those magical four years? Uh, I think the one probably more ma- magical moment would probably be uh, you know, like I said, I'm not much in accolades, and I've come from a situation where, and I never have been, but the fact, the, the, the day that I that I actually became the all Big Ten's all-time leading scorer was probably uh, a very in the forefront of my mind because I never thought in a million years that I'd be playing at Indiana, much less you know college basketball, and then and then and then to to go from there to all of a sudden being uh, a mainstay on a, on a on an IU basketball team that, that on a great IU basketball team, and then for opportunity to to 
to to become the Big Ten's all-time leading scorer in that situation uh, was probably. I mean, that's one of the, that's that's up there because you know the day I got it against Northwestern, mm-hmm. and I remember I remember I remember it almost like yesterday because uh, I think Damon Damon you know had the ball up top. Uh, Northwestern was in the three zone, and I was on the left wing, and uh, I threw it. Uh, he threw it to me, but I threw it back, and I think he shifted the zone. And threw it right back to me for a wide open three, and and you know went in and and uh, you know that that's a very very uh, intense moment. You know the the, the crowd went crazy, uh, and, and not and it's not only an accolade is not only for me, it's for the you know the, the university, Indiana University. That's what it's all about, and for the program and for my teammates because I wouldn't be in that position if it wasn't for them. Uh, and that's what and that's like I said, that's what being a, a good teammate and a good team is all about. And uh, so that yeah, that's what that definitely is in uh, in the forefront of my mind. So I have to ask you, um, you had a relationship with Coach Knight that is seared into the minds of I think a lot of Hoosier fans because of one moment when you were on the sideline with a towel, whipping Coach Knight with it in a way that was so playful that I don't think anybody has ever seen with any other player with Coach Knight, and and also in your time is the infamous Coach Knight with the whip at the press conference and all that. I'm just wondering if you could speak to a little bit of how your relationship from the outside seemed very special and unique with Coach Knight. Can you talk to us a little bit about those moments specifically and what it was like for you and your relationship overall with Coach? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a great relationship. I mean, uh, you know, the, the incident, at, uh, I think, in, in Albuquerque when he pulled out the whip and everything and uh, – you know, I think it was myself. I think he might have been. He might have done it to Pat Graham or a couple other guys too. And and I think you know, simple for the simple situation, I'm African American. Uh, you know, I, you know, obviously, uh, it, it caused a little bit of you know controversy. Yeah. And uh, and me being and me and me you know, and me being young and and you know not really, you know, thinking about that moment. You know, I think because we were in a good situation and we were you know winning and just having a good having fun. I think coach realized what he had done and and because uh, I, I think I think that night or the, the next day I got a call from the NAACP about it and uh, you know so it was uh, it, it was a it was an unfortunate uh, situation for all of us uh, but I think coach understood that and I think that's the reason why you know once you know once we put the game away against UCLA he, he let me do what I did and uh, to try try to try to make light of it a little bit and and uh, you know but that's that was coach you know like coach could be hard and he could be he could be he could be tough sometimes uh, but at the end of the day, he he he'll also put his arm around you, and uh, and 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 love you up as well. So, uh, it's he he had he had his he has his his extremes. He's got one extreme, and he's got another, and on the other <laughs> on the other end, he's got another extreme. But at the same time, I mean, at the end of the day, he's a wonderful coach, uh, a wonderful mentor, and uh, you know, like I said, uh, it, it was it was I had a great time playing for him. And I'm sure a lot of my teammates would say the same thing. Have you been able to stay in touch with them at all since your Bloomington days? Yeah, you know, I tried. I tried to. Uh, you know, sometimes you know, with with coach, it's like you call them, and then uh, you know, so then and, and two weeks later, you don't you don't you don't hear from him for two weeks, and all of a sudden he calls like, "Did you call me?" <laughs> you know that, but that, but that, but that's coach. That's coach though. That's that's who coach always is. And you try. We do. Like I said, I do. A, uh, uh, ho- hopefully, uh, you know, I try to stay in contact with him as much as I can. Uh, but uh, like I said, I really, really, really enjoy playing for him. And uh, like I said, he's uh, and like I said, he's definitely a big part of, uh, of my success. Uh, Calbert, uh, 
we we can't let you there is so much more we want to talk to you about we want to talk about your nba career we want to talk about the coaching we want to talk about when you came back to indiana's director of player uh, of director of basketball operations and what you did with coach cream and of course your time at slu and, and and a little bit more about that there's so much more we want to talk to you about we we would love to have you uh, but i don't want to take up a ton more of your time so i'd love to be able to invite you back in the next few weeks and do part two of this if you're up for it Definitely, definitely. Okay, great. No problem. But, but before we let you go, what, what if he said no? Yeah, it would have been really bad. <laughs> but <laughs> can't can't say no. I can't say no to you guys. Well, oh. I will tell you one. Look, we have two goals for this podcast. This specific one. One is to walk down memory lane with you and get some insight that would be really special to all Indiana fans. And the second was that we wanted to become your friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so <laughs> we, at the end, oh, we're friends. I can now say to anybody, right. yes, Calbert. I was talking to my friend Calbert. I can say <laughs> that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, you got me on speed. You got me on speed. Dog, baby. You put me on speed dog. I love it. Okay, and Calvert, just to make sure, when he texts you the picture of, of me and you from senior night, can he include me on that text chain so I'm like in yes. on that too? You kinda of, you kinda of came out on me there for oh, a second. Oh, oh, no, again. you're oh. just trying to avoid it. Oh, say thought, no. Say no. <laughs> I'm just gonna have Eric put me on the text chain when he sends you the picture of of, of me and no you doubt. on senior night. Yes, yes, yes. No, no doubt. No doubt. This is going to be the moment Calbert regrets more than anything <laughs> in his life. So before we let you go today, though, we have to get people would kill us if we didn't get your take on Indiana University 2019, specifically Coach Archie Miller, what he's doing there. Uh, you're, obviously, the team is in the midst of some real struggles right now. But can you just give us your take? First of all, what is your relationship, if any, with Coach Archie? And give us your take on that. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I text Coach Archie from time to time, you know, just to uh, just to you know give him some words of some positive words or just say hi. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've I've met him a few times, and uh, I think he's I think he's a good uh, he, he's been a great choice for the program. Um, obviously, they're going through some struggles right now, and that's you know, but that's part of that's part of growing, and they they got a relatively young team, and uh, you know, and uh, winning takes time, you know, putting it to, putting to, putting together a team you want takes time. And um, so he just got to continue to, you know, the, my, my advice is continue to keep pushing forward. And I always do that. I always let those guys know uh, and, and try to tell the, the, the IU fan base, just try to be a little bit patient, uh, try to be patient. And uh, he's trying to, he's trying to get, he's trying to get it to where he wants it. And uh, do I, do I think he has it where he wants it yet? No, I don't think so. So, uh, uh, so just continue to get of, you know, just continue to stay patient and uh, hopefully in the long run, everything will be fine. But, like I said, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of Archie, and uh, uh, I think I think he's great for the program. Well, and because of the crazy uh, uh, posts, forums, uh, text threads I'm on with college buddies who they want to see improvement right now and player development right now from game to game, from week to week. When you're coaching us, you're our coach, you're our fan coach. To be patient, and Archie needs to get the team where it's at. You're talking about something of stacking recruiting classes as is something we've heard lately to 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 get the program the way you want it that's not something that happens in a season and a half right we're talking about a three four no. five year process yeah exactly you know i mean so i mean sometimes for some programs it takes it takes it could take a short amount of time some some other programs it may take a longer period of time uh you know so you just gotta just you gotta be patient and uh continue to 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 stay positive and, uh, you know, like I said, for every every step you take, sometimes you're going to take a couple steps back. But at the same time, as long as you keep moving, 
on an upward trend, uh, eventually it's going to get there. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a big fan of Archie. Uh, I'm supporting him. I've always, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting him. And, uh, and uh, you know, so just like I said, stay patient. Everything will be fine. All right. Uh, just to cheer the team on to the best of their ability. Hopefully they can make it to the tournament this year. All right. But I got to ask you now. Now, just be a fan for a second. When you watch these games, and I'm assuming you watch some of these Indiana games, do you mm-hmm. do you get as angry as we do when you see some of this crazy stuff going on? Uh, yes. Okay, good. <laughs> have Have you ever Have you ever thrown anything while watching an Indiana game? Have I thrown anything? Yes. No, I haven't thrown it. I haven't thrown anything, but I I have. Do you curse? I've grabbed I've grabbed a few things. I've grabbed I've I've clenched a pillow really hard. I've I've cursed. I've yeah. cursed. Yes, Good. I have. Good. Yeah, I have a, I have an Indiana stress ball. I'm with you on that. <laughs> Talbert, uh, several. Yeah, years. my mom. My mom sometimes says I have a potty mouth. My my wife says I have a potty mouth. So yeah. Uh, and I, sometimes sometimes a couple of f bombs might fly, but every now and then. But well, like hey, I said, that comes with the territory. Ne- next time we have you on, feel free to let those fly. I yeah. think we're kind of behaving ourselves <laughs> for you today. Yeah. But next time but we'll fuck, we'll but, let our hair down. But fuck that. Yeah, Let's fuck just that. go crazy. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you get you give me a license then. You give me a license to do oh, it. Oh, you got All it. Right. I mean, this is not – we're not journalists. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing over on this thing. Um, I, I got to just tell you a quick story. Uh, uh, several years ago when Indiana was playing in the second round of the tournament, just a few years ago with uh, Crean's team with Thomas Bryant where we beat Kentucky in the second round there to mm-hmm. go to the Sweet 16 – there was a play near the end of the game where we, we had the game. We were up by like 10 with just a couple minutes left. This game was ours. And then Kentucky started coming back, and we just started making mistake after mistake. And I was watching it with my – at the time, he was probably my 7-year-old son, 8-year-old son. I have a son and two daughters. And we're watching the game together. And then Thomas Bryant gets a rebound, defensive rebound, six foot ten, six foot eleven of Thomas Bryant, and decides to go coast to coast for no reason whatsoever. I mean, we're winning this game. we got to just get the ball into the guard's hands, run some clock, and he just rolls, just bowls over a Kentucky player. Clear offensive foul. I turned around to punch my couch, and I did punch my couch, but I punched it so hard and in just the right place that I hit the frame of the couch, like through the cushion, and broke my hand. I broke my hand. Yeah, hairline fracture. Yeah, not. Have, what is? The, hey, have you, you ever done anything? You're not. You're not much. You're not much. So you're not much of a fan, are you? <laughs> have you? What is? Have you? You've never done anything that dumb, right? No, no, I can't. No, no I haven't done that. No, no, I'm, I've done some other things, but you know, but no, not that. I can't. Uh, you know, more, more. I think probably the most. The thing with me is like you know, I'll let a, I'll, I'll let a couple of uh, narratives fly. Yeah. But other than that, you know. Yeah, you know, I just, not, I just I'm, have. I'm not trying to punch nothing. When things are going bad, I tell my kids they have to go to their room and close the door. They can still hear me through the door, but I think it's less scary for them. Right. Calbert, real quick, back to Little Zagreb's. I mean, that's the best restaurant mm-hmm. in Bloomington, right? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, that place. No we just Ward and I were just back with our with our dads. We steak we did, and lobster. We did steak, steak and steak lobster. and lobster. And that the lobsters were like teenage mutant ninja lobsters. I mean, they were huge. Now, quick question. Quick question. Do they still have the the, the, the soup or the, what's the, the steak? Was it 64 ounces? I think they, they do. The steak? I think they still got the big one. Yeah, it looked like the one John Candy ate in the great outdoors. Yes. Oh, my massive. gosh. Man, it's the I'm best. Try to... All right, Man, Calvert, listen, before we wrap it up, Ward gave you his story of senior night and what you meant to him. When I think about Indiana basketball, the first thing that pops into my head is Calvert Chaney 
and those teams. I was a, a high school student at the time. I was playing basketball for my high school uh, at the time in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, I grew up worshiping Indiana basketball. And for my childhood, your four years and those teams, those were my teams. Those were what built my attachment to Indiana University. And the way you represented the school then, the way you have represented the school since, the way you carry yourself, your family, everything about you is what we want Indiana basketball to be. I cannot thank you enough for all the memories you gave us. I can't thank you enough for telling Dwayne Morton to get that shit out of here. That's what I'm talking about. Um, but but just thank you for, for being you and for giving Indiana everything that you had to give. And uh, we just cannot thank you enough for, for what you've done for the school, the program, and, and us. And coming on this podcast. Yes. So part two, by the way, of this. Uh, anyway, let, let, me, let me just finish with that. So thank you, Calvert. Anytime, guys. Eric Ward, I really do appreciate it. And I look forward uh, to finishing our discussion a little bit later. Yeah, we got to get into blue chips. Yeah, blue chips. We got oh. a whole conversation about <laughs> yeah, blue we chips. Do a whole, we got the music video. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, you got we're, it. We'll, oh, we'll, my we'll, gosh. You got it. <laughs> all right, Calbert, thanks so much. Uh, hope you and your family are well, and uh, hope the season ends well for the Erie team, and we will check back in with you real soon. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good evening. Wow. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Calbert Cheney, thanks for listening. Let us know what you thought of the episode. If you have questions for Calbert for part two, because apparently there is going to be a part two, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics. That's Hoosier Hysterics, no vowels and hysterics, or Hoosier Hysterics at gmail.com. Also a great way to get a hold of us, but you can use vowels. So until next time, stay hysterical. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warren and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.